Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Leah Diana, and with my co-host and boyfriend, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reels to 1973. Kitty, a photographer living in Rome, accidentally witnesses the murder of a young woman at the hands of a razor-wielding, black-gloved killer. Kitty and her fiancé, Alberto, go to the police only to learn that two other witnesses to the crime have been slashed to death. Kitty fears that she will be the next victim when her ballerina friend, Magna, is brutally killed by the same elusive culprit. In Death Carries a Cane. Let's get into it. Angst, wie in einem Albtraum. Nachts, wenn das Licht ausgeht und die Treppen auf einmal knarren, erleben Sie die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Keiner weiß, ob er Mensch oder Biest ist. Keiner weiß, wer er ist oder wo er ist. Ist er hinter der Tür, vor dem Fenster, auf dem Dach? Nur Sie werden wissen, dass er die schreckenerregendste Leinwandfigur der Saison ist. Wenn Sie nach der Nacht der lebenden Toten und der Nacht der reitenden Leichen schlaflose Nächte hatten, verpassen Sie nicht die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Und so urteilt die Presse. Ein Film im Stil von Hitchcock. Er übersteigt bisherige Vorstellungen von Horrorszenen. Robert Hoffmann und Susan Scott in dem Film Die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Kommen Sie nicht allein in diesen Film, denn wenn Sie diese Schritte hören, brauchen Sie einen nervenstarken Partner, an den Sie sich festklammern können. Die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Ein 
böser Film. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. So, I'm noticing a bit of an unintentional pattern developing, or a theme. Mm. Um, we seem to keep choosing movies that center around females who happen to be photographers. <laughs> we really do, and it's kind of weird. Is my camera in the background? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get that out of the shot. <laughs> feel like it should be in the next fucking crime murder drama that the two of us watch lately. Oh, god damn it. What did you, you um, didn't turn your camera on? I'm backpedal. We have to backpedal. I. Sorry. I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. Alright. So, let me let's take this back to one. So I'm sort of noticing a bit of an unintentional theme. A pattern, if you will. A pattern, if you will. <laughs> um, that seems to be developing. Uh, we seem to keep choosing movies that center around females who happen to be photographers. I don't know what you mean. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why you, why you, pointed that out. Are you doing this intentionally? No. <laughs> I think she's lying. <laughs> <sighs> Death carries a cane. Or, what it, What was the actual one? The Night of the Rolling Heads. Honestly, I liked the title, that title, before we watched the movie. Now that we've watched the movie... Death Carries a Cane is better. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, it actually turns out there's been a lot of titles for this movie. Oh, God, yeah. Lots of titles. Um, so, Death Carries a Cane is like the official American English title. Um, however, it's also been known as Devil Blade, The Tormentor, or just simply Trauma. Trauma probably would have been better. I think Trauma would have explained the movie. But, okay, this movie had such a... Okay, I'm going to be honest. This movie lost me about 30 minutes in. My interest was gone. I was hoping... And I, I, I picked this off of the Grindhouse list. And I was like, yeah, this movie's going to be great. I'm really excited. Yeah, it, it... It was somewhat dull and in comparison to, like... At least the Giallo films that we've watched together. Dull like the razor he was using to kill his victims. That's a good one. Mm. I'll give you that. Okay. So, if all of you are watching on YouTube, we have a friend. This is a new friend. Look up. This is Vanta. 
There you go. Let everybody see the box art. Her full Thank name you. is Vanta Black. Vanta Black. She's uh she's our new sleek little cat. Um, unfortunately, you won't see the other fuzzy one because they hate each other. <laughs> yes. Currently, we have to keep them separated. If you could see about this way, uh, half a foot this way, there's like this big enclosure. There's that... a puppy kitty playpen in the middle of our <laughs> living room, only because. I have to have surgery in a, like, what, less than five days from when we're recording this. And I need to have a knee scooter because I can't walk for, like, two almost two months. So I can't put weight on my foot. <laughs> so I have to knee scoot around the house. This was our solve. So, one, I didn't have to open the door and try to wrangle another cat. And, two, I wasn't rolling over kitty tails. Vanta's a pretty calm cat. She's, um... She's very different from Autumn. Autumn is... Autumn is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, Autumn is the most, like, bipolar cat oh I've ever God. seen. <laughs> she, she has... She must have some sort of, like, cognitive function problems. Because when we tell... Oh, I almost threw my glasses across the room. When we sell Vanta, no stop. After a couple of times, she doesn't do it ever again. She sits where we need her to. She just relaxes. She plays a little. Um, the scars on my hand, none of them are from her. But Autumn just, she just, just keeps going and keeps going. And oh my God. Uh, also, um, it's been a little bit of time since we've seen you guys. Well, not for you. No. Um, for for you guys, it's this is just the next episode. For us, it's been three, three months. Three months since we recorded, uh, what will be? I believe the last episode you guys saw was Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, you know, life gets in the way. This is why we pre-record the show. Yep. Um. And actually, one thing we should probably mention is that. This is going to be the second to last episode with video. Yeah. For a little while, at, at the very least. It's not that we don't like doing the cameras, because we do. And Sean is actually learning how to live edit. You can kind of see his hand on some of the the board there. Um, he's doing a live edit as we speak, which is kind of cool. But... For the next couple of months, it's going to be really tough to, like, try and figure out how because I have to stay, like, with my leg elevated on the bed. It was one of the reasons. The other reason why it's just to set it up, to take it down. It's been a little bit of a tough, kind of like, not tough, but it's just been, you've gotten so many gigs lately that you literally have to take everything down, put it all away, strike the whole thing take it out of the house, come back, put it, and it's a lot of work. So we've decided, I think just for the remainder of this year's episodes that we're going to pretty much can the, the video. Well, yeah. Um, I think at the very least for now, we're going to stop doing video. Um, it may come back in the future. It may not depending on how we feel after all of this craziness is behind us. Uh, we also have, we've, we've got a lot of other projects that we want to start working on. And if we tried to do video for everything, it would take us 
fucking forever. It would. Like, it's, uh, I love doing the video. I love the fact that YouTube, we have a couple of videos that have a lot of views on them. And it's great. But I think we're going to focus more on the video, the audio part, part, podcast part of it. Because the two of us can never just lie in bed and not go to sleep. Right when we're about to fall asleep, we come up with these amazing, grandiose ideas. And let me tell you, it's a fucking long list and we hate ourselves. It really is. We've, we've thought about everything. At, figure a, a way to put an art out there. We've figured it out and we're like, oh, we're going to do that. We've had like, what, two ideas in the works for about our entire relationship. <laughs> we're going on like, we just hit four years. We're going on four and a half. So we better step up and get through some of those ideas. Yeah, I agree. And like, as much as I want to do video, video is my thing. It's it's what I enjoy doing more than this anything else. This wasn't an easy. This was not an easy decision for for me. I feel bad. I was like, no, this is your thing. And he's like, oh well. I I, I think I'm more like, no, don't do it, than he is. But coming from your, like where you're sitting, it's a lot of fucking work. I don't do this part of it. I sit here and look pretty and talk to the camera. I don't do anything else. No, I think, honestly, if I think if I had someone to help me with, like, the post-production process, I would consider keeping the video, but I just need something to give. Mm. Like, I have so much going on right now, and as much as I like doing this the way we are, I think we need to take a step back, take a break from it, and just, like... Simplify it. I would love to be able to help with post-production. Unfortunately, as y'all can see, my laptop died. I had my laptop took up to this nice rig. There was a plan to get a new computer. World's just been a little crazy. Everything's gotten a lot more expensive. Paychecks aren't going up. And I lost my computer. I'm borrowing a friend's right now to literally play Minecraft until my surgery. And then I have to give it back because I don't want to be on a computer for that long. I have a, what would you say, like eight-year-old Mac laptop I'm using right now? Uh, I don't even, I don't she remember like what year she said it was. She got it 2013, 2014. So yeah, it's about yeah, seven, okay. eight years old. That's the only PC I have right now. Which sucks because... I would love to be able to help you with that stuff. My laptop could have, because it it's like a really nice MSI laptop. It's not even that old. It's from 2017. And the battery expanded. And if I turn it on, it may explode. So, <laughs> whoops. It might just be it is what it is kind of thing. But we got to stop the video for a bit. But we're still going to bring the podcast to you. We have a lot of things coming between patreon between this podcast between other projects you know prior to starting this podcast we were actually doing video daily vlogs for a little bit until we got to two of our friends weddings and the amount of footage you have from those two weddings is ridiculous because one of them you actually have the wedding video and you're editing the wedding video. We have to work on that. And the other one was just, we just brought the camera for fun because you were there. And we did like, I would say what, like almost three months prior to the weddings, we, you were vlogging. Yeah. Um, 
and I kind of fell out of it only because I, because all this work started flooding in and like I just stopped having enough time to like really think about filming myself doing stuff yeah. and I, I want to get back to doing it I really was having fun with it but I mean with the way things are currently it's going to take a little while before I can do that and I don't know. I've been rethinking how I was going about it before, so I might. I think if I go back, it's going to be a very different experience this time. So. Well, it was right around that time that you had stopped doing these. Is when we really were like, "Let's do the podcast," and we bought all the equipment. We started making the plans, and the one thing I'm bummed about. Okay, the one thing I'm bummed about. You guys are looking at me. On the exact same camera he's got. He has a four second 4K black magic because my camera kept fucking up constantly. So now we actually have the camera to use and we're going to be getting rid of the video. Yes. Um, <laughs> all this time we have been saying we apologize for the video issues and we want to get the that fixed and simplified and make sure it doesn't happen anymore. It's fixed now. <laughs> I fucking fixed the problem. <laughs> And now I don't have enough time to keep the video going, unfortunately. So, hopefully we'll be able to yeah. bring it back at some point. So, for the remainder of 2022... I'm still talking 2020! For the remainder of 2022, the video probably is going to be nixed. And we're not saying that, oh, you know, we don't record every week. We record, like, in batches. I think the most we ever did was three movies in one day. And it took a lot out of us to do that. Um, so we usually only do two movies a day, but with me being out of work for like almost two months and if he's home, we could bang out like five, six movies a week and that'll be so much easier than just only having one to two days on the weekends to be able to do it, which will be kind of nice, but also yeah. it's going to be a lot of movies. It's going to be a lot of movies. We know what movies are coming up and. Oh, there are some rough ones. There are. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's the right decision. I think cutting out the video is going to help us be able to produce these uh, faster. It'll we'll be able to put them out, like put them together in a much more cohesive, and uh, we'll be able to kind of focus on the quality of the product rather than just the amount that we're doing. Yeah. Um, my hope is that we'll be able to keep the podcast going longer this way and we'll be able to do some of the other ideas that we want to do. Um, we are going to have to rethink our Patreon strategy. Like maybe part of that will end up being video content that you can only get on there. Yeah. Like we'll do special stuff just for you guys. If you want to watch us phys like physically see us. You'll have to become patrons. I, I don't know. We haven't really discussed it yet, but I'm hoping we can bring video back at least in some form. I believe, though, we're not getting rid of the YouTube videos. They are just going to be standard, like, images of maybe the movie or some other things. You know, we're not getting rid of YouTube. You're still getting the podcast on YouTube. You just, you unfortunately will not see our beautiful, lovely faces or the crazy cats. Yes, the, the vi YouTube channel is going to remain. We're going to keep putting it up there because we like to have the, have it on as many platforms as possible. Mm. And 
I haven't decided. I think you'll essentially see some kind of graphic or something to kind of... We don't really expect people to be watching this show. I listen to podcasts. I used to list podcasts at work. That's another story. But when I listen to podcasts at work, whether it was on YouTube or Spotify or Anchor or whatever, I would only just have it on and then the earbud in my ear. Like, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't watch the actual podcast unless it's, like, some people do, like, clips of a podcast and they'll do animations to it. That's the only time you really, like, watch it, but... Yeah, I mean, a podcast to me is, oh, it's really convenient to have the reaction of the two people, or three or four, or how many, in front of you, um, just to see, like, what faces they're making and shit like that. Because when you're telling a story and, you know, you recreate um, arachnophobia and you hate it so much that you're literally doing this for, like, 20 minutes. My mother still will not watch that, listen to that episode. She's like, nope, can't do it. I'm like, it is one of the funnier episodes we've done is arachnophobia. It is. It's, oh my God. That was a fun one. Ugh. Well, we should stop yammering about the future. <laughs> yes. Um, just to wrap that up, I, I do want to say like that YouTube channel's not going anywhere. Uh, if you guys prefer watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, it's going to be there. You'll lose the video, but... Like I was trying to say, like we don't, we don't honestly make this expecting people to physically watch it. Mm. It's more just the convenience of having the video and the fact that we like doing video. Yeah. So, uh, it's unfortunate that that's going to change, but it's not going anywhere. The show is going to stick around. Um, we're still going to be out on basically every major streaming platform that we can get it on. So. Yep. Hopefully you guys keep listening. Please keep listening. We're very poor. We need money for food. We need money for the cats. I need money for my K-pop addiction. I haven't bought K-pop in like two months. Please help. Send money. Please. I hate to break it to you, but uh, we're not making shit on this podcast currently. We have we have one we have one subscriber one. Hi mom. Thank you to our one subscriber. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into this. Yeah, let's get into this. Alright, so today we watched Death Carries a Cane. Um, this came from director... Mer- Good luck Mer- with all the names. Yeah, these names are all in... Italian, Italian. German, and I think there were some French names. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this came from director Maurizio Purdue, I believe is how it's pronounced. From the Purdue family. <laughs> Not that Purdue family. I know. Um, so this one stars Robert Hoffman, Susan Scott, and George Martin. I assume some of those were actual, were like their American chosen names. Yeah, because usually with these Giallo-style films, and this was like a stretch, but it was still a Giallo-style, they were speaking their native language, but it was dubbed in English. Because some of the girls, some of the girls, were speaking English, it just didn't match up. 
it's oh my god it's we'll eventually get to real giallo films i don't think we've done a real giallo film yet yeah we have we have which yeah. one did we do uh we started with um pieces which is our second episode and that was a giallo film oh i didn't think that was an actual giallo film well the first giallo film i actually watched was the beyond which oh my god the dubbing is terrible but it is such a good movie it was but yeah you you notice with these style of movies where do you think japanese dubs are bad these are even worse like japan tries i don't even think they're trying <laughs> um so this movie originally released january 5th 1973 um i think it originally only came out in italy and spain um it is a technically a giallo film however it is a british uh, not british wow german dutch giallo mm. which is odd to say the least well that, that means they just got really strong influence from giallo pretty much at that point right well yeah it's essentially a different country trying to make their own version of an italian crime thriller i think they should have tried harder <coughs> a little tickle in my throat well, to be fair, I believe that they did a decent job following the format in most regards. The format, yes. The acting and the conveying certain parts, absolutely not. No. Um, like one of my one of my notes here on this was that the performances throughout this entire thing are those stereotypical overacted portrayals of drama like everything out of everybody's mouth is like over overemphasized and like their uh inflections and their uh every like look and small action is like overemphasized as if mm-hmm. they were like trying to do it for like an audience yeah and it just doesn't it's laughable now it's so bad so bad Um. Any fun facts? Because I didn't find much. Um, it's worth mentioning that the DVD copy that you actually acquired yes. for this is a VHS transfer of the film, and I think it's one of the only v- or one of the only or the one of the few versions of this movie that you can actually get your hands on today. Okay. Um, but the beauty of that VHS quality, to me, is, like, it maintains that, like, the heavy grain, the dust and scratches from the film, and that, like, soft image, faded colors look, and that's some of the stuff that I love most about watching VHS. Yeah, because you think if this movie's set in the... Oh, my God, it actually says Giallo series on the side of the goddamn box. I didn't notice that bought this how long ago um it's interesting because the 70s were like vivid colors the outfits were very bright like especially like if you look around in europe like the movie was a very dull kind of i want to say like film on it like a dull 
I don't know. I don't know what word I'm trying to use. Faded. Faded. Some, yeah, like, like there was a filter over the movie. Like a sepia tone filter that just kind of like dulled it out. It was interesting. Very different from, what was that movie that we watched? Baba Yaga? That movie was a lot brighter in my opinion. Didn't have as much as that of that filter on it. Yeah, essentially, like, so Baba Yaga was essentially just a better transfer. Like, uh, the film that they copied, the film negatives that they copied the image off of to put onto DVD and stuff was just better quality. It was mm. better well kept. This one, it was very clear that that film had been through the fucking ringer. Yeah. I mean, they likely, like, salvaged it from an old theater that had it stored somewhere. Very possible. And it, I don't know, I think some of those imperfections just add to the experience for me. You like that weird stuff. You always have. Why is it weird? I don't know, not not weird to say weird, more like um, quirks. You like those quirks about films like that, like if there's like a little bit of a skip or if, you know, it's not a perfect copy or it's got like heavy grain and stuff like that. You enjoy it. I do, yeah, and I think part of that comes from, like, you're seeing what this film has been through over yeah. the years. Like, it, it's imprinted on the negative, and it's never going away. And, like, I get excited when I see somebody like Shout Factory or Vinegar Syndrome, and they... they or res- Arrow. Or Arrow, yeah, and they restore these old movies, and... The only copy, the best copies they could get were damaged in some way. So, like, it comes through in the Blu-ray copy. And it's like, that history is preserved now on current media. And that's amazing to me. I'd really like to see if you can get we get our hands on copies of some of these Giallos, but actual VHS. It's going to be yeah, hundreds of dollars. I, Giallos are hard to get your hands on because collectors have snatched most copies up already. Well, I guess we just have to wait for the collectors to die then, huh? Or we kill them. That's stretching it. That's a little extreme, don't you think? (laughs) No. Come on. No. No killing. She's no fun. (laughs) I flipped him off. Okay, so... um. Did you kind of do a play-by-play for this one? Because I did not. Uh, as best as I could, because it lost my interest. Um, so we talked that it was a, um, a VHS rip. So the movie opens with the traditional 1970s kind of style where the credits are run in the beginning. Nowadays, if you tell younger kids, like, probably, like, maybe about high school or younger like oh they used to run the credits prior they're thinking oh god can you imagine marvel movie credits in the beginning <laughs> like that would well that would be kind of interesting actually oh you don't get to watch the movie for 45 minutes until all the credits run then you can see the film <laughs> it'll make the post credit scene a little dull oh but it's only like your standard how long was it like maybe three or four minutes if that yeah um it, it's your basic credits roll um there's that there is stuff happening like uh some of my notes for 
the opening where like like it starts with uh, the like shots of the the city or the town that they're in and you're seeing like you see this like this vignetting around the around the shot and it almost like it made almost made me think oh god that's like awful but then you see it's like oh two characters are looking through like a telescope yeah and i was like oh okay so that's kind of cool like i really was like oh please let the movie be like this the whole time where the camera was not pushed out right and it was the circle in the set i was like oh please that's I've, great i've seen it i know mostly on like sov movies or like direct-to-video trash but it it happens especially when people don't have the budget to use anything but a handy cam hey you know what some of the some of the best uh straight to youtube videos i've seen are yours with handy cam so listen handy cam was we, we all started with handy cam most of us anyway like it's rare that you see somebody who's like i want to be a filmmaker and they their first camera is a fucking dslr it's too bad that i have prior knowledge knowing that none of your movies are grindhouse movies because i would totally make us review one of your movies yeah no the only time i ever attempted that style was uh when uh me and the guys back in the day we um, we attempted to enter the content, the trailer, fake trailer contest that that uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez put out when they did the when they released Grindhouse, hmm. um, famously won by Hobo with a Shotgun. But um, yeah, we entered that, and but at that time I didn't understand what a Grindhouse movie was. Mm. So, like, the trailer that we made was, like, not a fucking Grindhouse trailer at all. Which trailer was that? Um, that was for, uh, an idea called The Hit. And I don't think you've, you've ever I, I seen it. I don't think I've was, ever seen that one. It was I've f- seen a lot of your, you've got, you've got an old hidden YouTube with a lot of your old videos that you showed me one day. Um, I remember Violence. I remember the reanimator stuff. I remember Serial Killer. Those, those are the only ones I remember. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not proud of really anything that came out of those days. But... Stop. I think Serial Killer is still one of my favorite home movie type thing like that I've ever seen. It's so funny. And you get to see baby <sighs> Sean with long hair and no beard or mustache. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we all had to start somewhere. Like, I don't, I don't think they're... Some of them are terrible. They're not as bad as you think. You know that. No, but there are there are some things I made during that time that are awful, but there are some gems in there that I'm like, okay, like, I can see the merit in what we did, mm. and I see that, like, we've... I know that I've grown a lot since then. So oh, that's... God, yeah. I've seen, I've seen your work now. Death March... Um, I didn't see four pins yet. Well, to be fair, I worked on those. I didn't shoot them or anything. Yeah, but you're still involved with them. Yeah. I've seen Mind's Eye, which you were involved in. And what was the other one? Almost Human. Almost Human. I saw both of those. You were involved in those. And they're... Look, 
whether you shot it, directed it, did everything, or whether you were involved with it, you were still in the movie making process. Yeah, but there's only so much you can take credit for where you're not super involved in a project. I don't care. You're a great director. Stop. I told you, I said this to you yesterday. We're building your confidence. You are a great director. What are you supposed to say back to me? Don't listen to her. Oh my god, I'm you're supposed terrible. to say thank you. You're supposed to say thank you. I'm going to kill this man. I'm going to kill him dead. <laughs> so anyways, um, they're looking through a telescope. It's two these two dudes. They're looking through one of those tourist like viewfinder telescope things. And um, it's two tourists and then a woman. I have no idea what relation those two people were. Uncle, aunt, father, mother. I'm not sure. I remember uncle said at one point, but I don't know. But as she's looking through the viewfinder, just looking around, she witnesses a murder. She witnesses a man in all black with a big brimmed hat stabbing a, a, a naked woman, pretty much. And this is a fucking staple of Giallo. Your killer is always going to, almost, almost always. Black gloves, black hat, black trench coat, black shoes. Usually, usually killing someone with a blade of some kind. Mm-hmm. Often a straight razor, as in this film. Um, and targets mostly women uh, and... Uh, Elderly crippled people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that poor old lady. That poor old bitch. Alright, where were you? Uh, let's see. Nope, that's the weather. <laughs> we're expecting really bad thunderstorms today. We're supposed to go to two parties today that were canceled and moved to tomorrow for thunderstorms. I'm it telling is you, two o'clock, and we've had no thunderstorms yet. Two o'clock. I'm telling you, what's going to happen is the weather's going to shift, and it all gonna and it's going to ruin everybody's parties tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm just going to laugh because these are the last two things that I can really do before my surgery. I'm out for the whole summer. I'm so mad. I'm stuck in here, but I have lots of books and we have lots of podcasting to do. So, um. So we're hoping we don't lose power. I don't think that'll Hopefully be likely, not. but they're saying because we're going to record two today in our next one. I'm really hoping that they're saying that they're going to be so bad. They're like, we're guaranteeing people are going to lose power and trees are going to get knocked over. And I'm just like, move, move, move the car to Walmart. I know it's sunny. It's actually sunny. Move the car to the Walmart parking lot <laughs> so we don't have a tree fall on it and hunger down hope for the best. Um, so the woman sees the murder through this telescope thing, whatever. I know there's a more proper name. It's those things where you got the little two eye holes and you're holding it and you can shift it around. Like they're big on the it Empire doesn't State matter. building. I don't know. <laughs> um, she sees the murder and she goes to um, find someone to tell. And she stops a man in a uniform and he says, oh, I'm a fireman. And she goes, well, can you help me? No, it's my day off. If I help you, my old lady's going to get mad. I got to go. I'm pretty sure someone who's dedicated their life to being a fireman would not deny someone help, even right. if it was their day There's off. There's a woman being murdered. I just witnessed it. You need to help me. Oh, my wife's going to get mad. Gee, I can't, like... Were the 70s that fucked up? I mean, they were fucked up, but I don't know about that fucked up. Like, that fucked up. Um, the next thing, I don't really... I'm not 100% sure what happens after that. All I know is... Her husband, Alberto, is 10 minutes late to meet them with the tickets because he had to get the train tickets for her 
family members that were traveling. I don't know who they were. Um, and he gets there and she's frantic like, oh my God, there was this woman murdered. Blah, blah, blah. We have to help. Blah, blah, blah. The next scene is them in a car and it's dark. It's sunny during this. Next, it, they're in a car. It's dark. She has a hat on, like a full-fledged red hat. Now, I know it's a driving hat because women used to put these hats on so the wind wouldn't mess up their hair. They're in an enclosed car with the windows up. I'm like... And he's like, so what about this murder you saw? Oh, it's just a woman. She's so calm. She was frantic in the last scene and calm in this one. I'm like... Yeah, there's there's a lot of moments where things just kind of jump mm. to something completely... To a different tone or a different... Something unrelated... It happens a lot throughout this whole thing. Um, but I do want to note that from this moment we're in the car, from the moment we meet Alberto, um, they immediately make him feel like he's guilty of something. He's constantly giving her these like go- these looks. These side-eye glances, yeah. Um, it, it looks like he's hiding the fact that he's the murderer right off the bat. And that when they get back to their home... Granted, there's sex in the middle of this. Uh, sex in this movie is a lot of um, taking clothes off, rubbing faces and body parts against each other. It's like they're two people who are like, this is what the book said to do. Like, it was, ew, oh my god. Like, I keep watching going, are they are they rubbing themselves for warmth? They're actually fucking, like, what is happening? Well, um, this, this that happens a lot. Like, one of the notes I have written down here is like that... Uh, uh, out of nowhere, it'll literally just cut to, to a sex scene, just and like, sex. the the example I put down was like, uh, we're in a police station with the inspector, and all of the, like they use it as like a transition, like it'll the scene will end, it'll cut to, the blonde lady and the piano guy having sex and then it'll cut back to another inspector scene and it's like what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> Why? Like, are you trying to like throw us off something because right now all you've told us is all right the one thing that you've told us is alberto makes dummies and was stabbing one of the dummies when the inspector came in to talk to them about the murder she saw and i was like you're trying way too hard to be like, it's him. He's the dude. Yeah, and that scene I even noted with like that comp- compounds the fact that he looks so guilty because as soon as the inspector walks in, he's immediately like, he's the jig the is up. He's <laughs> holding the knife. He's looking. He goes, it's not what you think. Stab, stab. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Obviously, he's not the killer. And they actually, I will give them credit, throughout this movie, they made it seem like there were three or four different people it could be. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, but the twist I didn't think about, the actual twist at the ending, very creative. But I was like, oh, you gave us Alberto, Alberto, obviously we're we're telling you Alberto's not the murderer. Alberto, 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 here are the four or five other people in the last ten minutes, and I'm like, what is happening? And I know this is a sign of the time, but it happened around this these early moments, and I wanted to just mention it. Uh, Alberto makes like this offhanded, super sexist oh, comment. Oh, oh, oh! Um, yes, yes. It's the only thing she does well besides make love. Is she can take he, photos. He's talking about her photography, but I was just like, "That's super like, rude, dude." That's not gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty twenty two. Your ass is gonna get grass. 
Oh, my other favorite thing was when she was talking to the fireman and she was like, oh, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I just went hand wave. Fuck you. Because <laughs> that's all I felt like she should have like, fuck you. <laughs> like, but they were politer in the 70s, I guess. Oh, the other one was when the inspector was like, she was knifed. She was knifed. What do you mean she was knifed? She was stabbed? She was knifed. Well, knifed is a term that they used to use. They don't really do it anymore. No, but, but it just sounds weird. Excuse me, sir, while I kniff this lady. You know? It just sounds funny. Um. So, throughout this movie, in standard giallo fashion, you get a lot of uh, shots, a lot of parts of the movie that are through the killer's POV as he's, like, stalking people through windows. And not and... well. No, this isn't the most elegant killer, <laughs> like, at all. So, I have a note here, like, after we were like, oh, is Alberto the killer with all these clues? We get to the kill that I don't understand, which is, as I call him, mustache man that doesn't know how to put food in his mouth. He's eating spaghetti with a big this? spoon. Oh, you talking about the the victim guy? Yeah. Who was he? Was did I miss him somewhere? No, honestly, I think he was just Oh, he was he was never seen before that scene. Mm. He um he was the guy that uh remember when she's looking through the back through the telescope and after the it runs out? Yeah. And she's like Oh, there's the a chestnut there's dude? the chestnut the guy uh, he might have the killer might have knocked over his chestnuts when he was trying to escape. I'm sorry, my face is. Did everything. I break you? <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, but it just seemed so silly because the killer shows up at his house and knocks on the door with the cane. All right, and the Jew's like, "Who is it? Who is it? What do you want?" And he knocks on the window. So you think it's smart not to open the door because he does open the door, look out, and shut it. You think that if somebody ha didn't ans acknowledge that they were at the door for you, you think opening the window is a smarter idea? I would have locked everything and called the police. These people are dumb. It's a movie. I mean, you're going to have characters like this no matter what. I don't care if it's a movie. Get smart, people. Get smarter. Um... Like, I get the, the entire idea of including this guy. Like, I get why, all right, like, he would go and kill him. Because, mm. like, he would potentially have seen his face True. and could have been t could have tied him to the crime. But I feel like the scene was needless, ultimately. It, honestly, if they would have just said, like, in a backstory like the investigator did, oh, the gentleman who was selling chestnuts was killed. That's what they said. I didn't put two and two that... Uh, mustache man that can't eat his spaghetti with a fork was chestnut dude. There was no indication at that point. If they would they have had, like, they say it, but I think there should have been, I don't know, chestnuts somewhere in the kitchen or maybe the same basket somewhere. At least put context, context clues. There are some movies that do not give us clues and it drives me crazy. But I mean, yeah, it was kind of a needless kill. It, they tried really hard to show the straight razor on the neck, but I feel like they, they as a production, fucked that up, and they never showed it again. Yeah, um, one of the, the staples of giallo films, generally, is like, 
when they show a kill, it is in gro- like gruesomely graphic detail. The waterbed scene in pieces. Exactly. Oh my god. Like, generally, you're gonna see, like, a knife cutting flesh and blood fucking pouring everywhere. Or, like, you'll see, like, really vicious moments like that. And in this one, they do try to show you the knife cutting through flesh and stuff, but it's always super brief or it's not framed right. And it looked like it wasn't, like, the knife didn't go onto the part where it was supposed to, so it didn't... It looked like it cut wrong. It did something fucked up and they cut away quick to just show the bloody knife and I'm like yeah it, okay. it's it's poorly executed is the best way to put it mm. and I don't know if that's due to like maybe this movie had a really shitty budget like mm. I didn't find anything about the budget I don't think I didn't find anything about this this might be the same as as soon the darkness where we just don't have any facts yeah a lot of these like smaller lesser known movies from this era like you don't know shit about like no. Honestly, who the hell knows what the actual original title for this was? We uh, we Google translated it. It was funny. It was like something in German that I cannot ever try and pronounce again. It doesn't matter. Death carries a cane. <laughs> Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ah, boy. Where were we? We are at... So my next note after this is they mention that (coughs) the killer is a sex maniac. They're looking for the sex maniac killer. The killer's always a sex maniac. (laughs) What drives killings besides revenge and sex or having something you don't want... Having something you want that you don't have? Um, And I I didn't get the, the, the connection with that. So they were like, oh... This killer in the first place killed a woman who was buck naked. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe she didn't change. Maybe she was coming out of the shower, shit like that. He surprised her. It wasn't until more towards the end where you find out and things are clued in. And I'm like, they just didn't, they didn't put the, the clues in the right spots. They left it for like the last part of the movie. And I was already checked out at that point. I was like, it's not... This movie's not catching me as much as this title like caught me. This 
picture caught me. It didn't catch me. And I was I was really sad because I was really hoping this one would have been good. Yeah, uh like there are good things about it. Like the the film like the film features a lot of a surprising amount of dynamic camera work, mm. which I wasn't really expecting. Um and they use it to emphasize like key moments. Like they'll do like the the quick zooms or like dolly like dolly into somebody's face and it it helps a lot. Mm. Um, and this is usually com- accompanied by a pretty simple but strong, dark and ominous piano tone score. Mm. And I thought it was those elements like were pretty good. They were like decent choices that like helped sell some of it a little more. Except for that song in the opening that sounded like it came out of like a television drama yeah right i was like oh am i watching like i don't know oh god what the fuck was it mary tyler moore spinoff was that something cincinnati i have no idea what the hell you i like about. old tv shows <laughs> mary tyler moore and betty davis no am i thinking of betty davis who just passed away that was Betty, right? Betty Davis? Betty White? Betty White. Holy <laughs> shit. You've been gone for six months. Shit has gone downhill since you left us, Betty. Please come back. Um, yeah. We can't do this without you. We can't you. do this without you, lady. Like, come back. Um, <laughs> God, bring her back. Um, yeah, they were in this this show, and I can remember, I can see it in my head. It wasn't the Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore show. It was... They were like uh, a news place or like a TV station. It was a really funny show, but that was the music. Like I'm like that music is the exact music I can think of. I gotta, I gotta Google it. I was trying to find facts, but well, while you're doing that, um, so like many Giallo films, um, this story is told through intersecting points of view for various characters that are involved with this string of murders. So like essentially. You're jumping back and forth between the inspector, the the girl who witnessed the murder, uh, her husband, mm-hmm. um, the reporter lady. Like the, it's we're spending time, uh, spending much of the runtime just like cutting back and forth between all their different stories and like all their different like investigations into trying to figure out who this killer is, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't know. It, it makes it kind of messy, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it starts to feel very like, very much like you're the fucking story's all over the place, and you're just like, what the hell? I just want to follow what's going on, and it, it starts to get hard to really enjoy it. I think. I don't know how you feel about the subject, but. I think I I saw you on TikTok over there a couple times while we were watching it. It was actually Instagram. Even better. (laughs) I was wrong. It was the Mary Tyler Moore show. It was fictional television station WJM. And it was Lou Grant, Ted Baxter, uh, Phyllis, uh, Cloris Leachman, Valerie Harper, and Betty White. They were, they were in it. Okay. So I was, I was, uh, I was wrong. But, uh, uh, while reading that, I didn't hear the last part that you said. 
All I heard was TikTok, and I'm like, I'm not on TikTok. Am I in trouble? What? She wasn't listening to me. What are we doing here? We're supposed to be having a conversation. <laughs> I was looking up the you said while you're looking that up. I looked it up. I was doing my job. We're not going back. We're moving on. <laughs> um, I'll hear it later in the podcast part when I listen to it. Because <laughs> I listen to the podcast, not you. She listens to the podcast. So she she's she's gonna tune in later after I've posted this episode and be like, Oh, he was talking to me. <laughs> Why do I do this? <laughs> my my train of thought or my attention span has been very bad lately, so I apologize, sweetie. Um, so we we have two characters in this movie that I'm I'm this doesn't really have to do with the plot too much, mm. but I'm just going to bring it up. At least I'm pretty sure there's two characters. They're billed as two characters. Um, Lydia and Sylvia. Yeah, the sisters. They're, they're played by the same actress. Uh, I'm going to butcher this, but Anuska Barova. I, yeah, I mean, when I read her name, I'm, I'm going to guess that sounds pretty close. Um... So the and because they're they're played by the same actress, they're twins. Uh, you're supposed to they they make an effort to do physical distinctions between them, um, which are downright laughable. Yeah. Um. So essentially, you have one girl who's the blonde Barbie girl looking, uh, bimbo. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the sister is. Just the same thing, but she always has her hair pulled back. She wears glasses, and she dresses more conservative. She runs a newspaper. She's very like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get the story. Fuck everybody else. Um, One thing I noticed is in the beginning, the sister was like, oh, come have dinner with us. So, you know, come out here. It'll be great. She's like, no, I've got stuff to do. And then the next time she talks to her, she's like, oh, you know, let me do that dinner again. She's like, no, I'm busy. Like, we'll reschedule again. And then the third time she talks to her sister... Her sister's like, she's like, oh, I just wanted to ask you a question about the ballet school. She's like, don't you ever call me about that again. She hangs up on her. And then she walks away in the scene with a cane in her hand. And I'm like, what? Yeah, so that moment comes, like, very close to the end. Very close, which may, I, I looked at him and I'm like, what just happened? I think the intention of that was to, like, give you one last, like, red herring before the big reveal. But it was a good link, too, because... One of the girls that was killed was a ballerina. And then the other girl was the original girl. The first girl that got killed went to the ballet school that they were talking about. So it kind of linked it to maybe she's a jealous ballerina that has a problem with her leg that couldn't dance anymore. I was like, okay, that's good. That's very good. That's honestly, when I saw that scene, that's where I thought they were going to go with it. I really was like, oh my God, is this, that'd be great if like the sister is the killer and her sister is the one who has to report on it. Like that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, badass. That's pretty bad. Are you? It's pretty bad. (laughs) It's pretty bad. (laughs) It's pretty sick. (laughs) Like you're sick in the head. <laughs> um, there's some really bad moments of sound design in this movie. My the one I noted was the when the killer's trying to smash through the glass window at the end, and they just reuse the same glass break sound. <laughs> but they they 
they gave it more bass so it was lower in the beginning and then they raised the pitch too high so it was like ting 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 i'm like what did somebody just like smack like a bass drum and then throw a teacup <laughs> like that's uh, what it sounded it, like it, i'm like the hell i'm not the great i'm no sound engineer or anything but but i have that's... a clue that that was bad <laughs> oh god it was terrible it was um another really hilarious thing i wrote down was the uh so there's a moment towards the like getting closer to the end where we are introduced to this witness that they keep talking about and she comes into the house and um she has a moment by herself and she notices a picture on the on like the mantle and she walks over and she see she picks it up and she like starts freaking out and we see it's screaming and running and uh, we see it's a picture of the two blonde girls. It's it's the Kitty, sisters. It's Kitty and Alberto, and then it's Lydia and the piano guy. No, no, no. Kitty's the the brunette, the main brunette. Oh, Sylvia. I'm sorry, Sylvia. It's but Alberto was in the picture. No, no, no. There's uh one the was it Alberto? Alberto. You're right that the two sisters were in the photo, but Alberto was in the photo and the piano guy. So that's now why I'm confused. I, that's why I was looking at it like, oh. Maybe they just didn't have anybody else, so they kind of just threw Maybe they were there. hoping that somebody didn't recognize Alberto. Like, oh, here, throw him in as a red herring. And I'm like, that's Alberto. I could hmm. be wrong and I could be blind, but I was pretty sure I was like, oh, Alberto and the sister? Wouldn't his wife rather be in there? Because Kitty's his wife. I don't know. Regardless, like, so she's this photo and she, like, runs at, runs away and, like, I mean, I assumed what was going on. I was like, oh, she must have seen the killer in the picture. Yeah. So she gets in the car she drives off into the night and she's driving frantically and this part is edited like a fucking picasso painting oh my god <laughs> it's it's just cutting all over the place and like showing you all this shit and then she pulls off on the side of the road and she goes to a payphone and she calls the police and she's freaking out the police can't understand her i guess and I had to stifle my laughter because at one point she's like yelling into the phone and she's like trying to get another quarter in there. And then she's taking the, she has the phone and she starts screaming into the earpiece. (laughs) I think the idea was that she was, it was supposed to emphasize the panic that she was under, Hmm. but (laughs) it just looks stupid. It looked retarded. It was so bad. bad. I couldn't. Oh my God. Let's talk about, um, they, w- you noticed the mistake that they're the about ba- one of the ballerinas names is Magda and so is the old lady. Her name is Magda too. No, 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 no. Uh, so I made a comment in the middle of watching this. Um, and I just said like, I think it was the way the scene was playing out. And this was right around the time where the two sisters had the first phone call together. Yeah. And so, like, somebody came into the room, and they were like, Lydia, your sister's on the phone. And the way it said it was, like, really funny. So, like, I was making fun of it, and I was just like, 
Lydia, your sister's on the phone. And she goes over, and so I just kind of mimed out what was going to happen. I was like, oh, she's going to, like, so I just went, oh, Magda. And then in the next scene, we meet a character named Magda. Like, it was, like, moments after yeah, I said. Yeah, was the <laughs> topless ballet dancer. And it just happened to happen that way, and it was funny. Like, <laughs> Okay. Well, okay, so the, there was the scene where Lydia goes to answer the phone, and there's a woman dancing, and she's a, ball- she's a ballet dancer. She's dancing in panties, leg warmers, and one of those little crappy little sleeve things that ballet dancers wear when their arms are cold. And I'm just sitting here going, does this woman have sparkly pasties on? What is happening? I don't know what the hell that was all. She's, like, doing a strip show while dancing But ballet. I realized it. And I can say why I realized it after we talk about who the killer is. I realized it after. Okay, you'll have to fill me in. So, we get to the scene where Alberto is meeting with an older woman who said she was the cleaner for the Martinez girl, who was the first girl that was killed. And he goes there, he meets her, he says, oh, I'm not telling you who it is yet, you know, I need you to bring me, I don't know what it was, I think it was either money or something else, but he was trying, she was trying to essentially, like, bribe him. And then we have the most fucking warning, if you have epilepsy, don't watch this scene of a candle in her hand, but it's a flashlight being flickered from underneath her constantly, and I'm like, it's a candle, why are there flashlights? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they were going for with the look of that scene. Was it supposed to just look kind of crazy? Because they did it. It looked nutty. Maybe. Might have been a stylized choice. Ah, uh, their style was the wrong style. <laughs> um. So, something I want to just bring up right now is, like, in front of me, you guys can't see it in the shot, but in front of me I've got my laptop, I'm, I have my notes, and um, a couple of couple of tabs for just some facts and i'm currently on the giallo files dot blogsport.com um somebody's giallo blog essentially Mm. and uh they have a section for this film called what the hell am i watching what the hell am i watching their first (laughs) the first note in this section is two words glitter boobs glitter boobs (laughs) That wasn't, like, the only thing we were seeing, but I looked at Sean and I was like, oh, it's it's a ballerina. Like, okay, she's she's dancing to the music and there are a couple people watching her. And I was like, huh. I was like, this is a very interesting dance. And all of a sudden she starts taking her top off. I'm like, ah, so this is where stripping began. And then she takes her pants off. I'm like, I am right. This is where stripping started. <laughs> and this guy goes on to... To note, like, it's basically a list of, like, the things that baffled him about this movie. Is it a big list? No, it's a very short list. So, Glitter Boobs was his first note. The second one reads, and I quote, In one baffling scene, Marco is distraught over the death of a dancer from his show, and he mournfully plays her a song on the piano. Things turn weird when Lydia arrives and and the two start making sexy eyes at each other. Nakedness ensues. Now, I wanted to bring that okay. mention that one because we were making fun of this scene because she comes in and she's like stares at him like she's a 
Barbie doll android. And, like, she doesn't blink, and she just she has this painted like... smile. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's just horrifying to watch. <laughs> and then she just gets naked. Because she's trying to, like... Yep. Like, I don't... What do you call that? Tempt him? I don't know if it's tempting, or I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, a lyrical piece. Because, let me tell you what. I... My one of my my oldest girl cousin was a ballerina. She was an actual like she got pretty hot. Um, and then I did ballet. My cousins did ballet. That woman was doing lyrical. She wasn't doing ballet. That was lyrical. But they said when Alberto was looking for a connection to all this that Magda was one of the top students at our ballet academy. And I'm like, she's not even wearing point. That just might be a nitpicky thing for me because I love ballet. Sean won't come with me to see a ballet, but I'll watch horror uh, movies with him. Uh, I don't know. Like, it would have to be, like, a very specific show. I'm just not into ballet. What if... What if you and I... What if you and I were to start a horror ballet company where while they're dancing, we just carry them and dump buckets of blood on them and they still have to dance? I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> um, alright, so... The next thing on our list is... What kind of grown-ups use the word toodaloo to say goodbye? <laughs> I forgot! <laughs> um, toodaloo? Toodaloo? I'm sorry, what? The, the film's big comic moment uh, comes when... Kitty agrees to lure the killer out by pretending to be a hooker when a suspicious cane-wielding John picks her up and the police swarm in, only to discover that the man is the chief of police. And then they get like, oh, we're really sorry, sir. I expect you have the money on my desk. What money? The money that you just gave to the fake hooker? Have her give it back to you. That's what I mean. Like, you could have just said... You could have said anything. You could have said, I was just checking out your operation. You could have said, give me the fucking money back. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're not going to do anything because you're the chief of police. And I'm just laughing. <laughs> like, you just busted the chief of police picking up a hooker. And they just let him go. And they let him go. I'm like, man, oh, man, the 70s were a different time. Um, I did note sex murder, sex murder, sex murder, sex murder. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, oh god! At this point, I don't know where are we in the the story. So Kitty's already done the the fake hooker. We're done with that idea, and that's when Lydia starts catching on. Like, oh, I only sold that bag to one. And this dude shows up, tells Lydia, I only sold that bag to one person, and I have their, I have her name, I have her address, so you can talk to her. So Lydia's closing in pretty quick on who Kitty and Alberto really are. And I'm just like, I thought Kitty and Alberto and Lydia were friends. I don't know. It that that part confused me. I thought they were friends, but I guess they're not. I don't really know. Like it's hard to tell 
what is going on or yeah. who has relations in this movie. It's, oh, we know who's, who ha- who's having relations. We know who's fucking. We know who's straight <laughs> fucking. We just don't know who friends. Um, the last thing on uh, Giallo Files' list here of what the hell am I watching is uh, before and during a break-in at the dance academy, Kitty takes a pee break. And we just sit around and wait until she's done. There's no reason for this to have been in the movie. <laughs> Why the fuck is it there? It might be my nerves, but I gotta go pee-pee. Yes. She says she has to go pee-pee. It's not, I gotta take a piss. It's not, I gotta pee. It's, I gotta go pee-pee. Toodaloo! <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> This movie, like, we're not even at the point of revealing, like, the killer. But it's at this point in the movie, I was like, I wanted to mouth to him, like, I'm done. (laughs) I didn't even give a shit who the killer was at this point. It could have been Kitty or fucking Self, who was just whittling on people as she knifed them, and I don't care. I would have been more impressed if the killer had been Kitty. She if her if her her actual clit could hold the knife and she was knifing people with her little clit like ha and pee pee. Ah, it. Oh, this movie. Do do we still want to wrap this up with? Oh you? yeah, we can. So we get to the point where they've broken into the ballet school to get information, but the killer followed them, and Alberto and it was Lydia because they all group up. Alberto and Lydia go search somewhere else and the killer ends up with Kitty and chases her out and chases her into a green room or a greenhouse. Now, the quote that said they're trapped in a green room together in the synopsis, I thought they were actually going to be in there for a while and it was going to be a cat and mouse chase for a little bit. It was literally, let me hide behind a couple of ferns like this as they're waving in the breeze and then go, "Ah, ah," as the dude breaks in and comes and gets her. This was this was also another moment where the camera work gets absolutely Oh my god. Bonkers. It was like they were literally doing this the whole time with the freaking camera. Sorry, kids. What? I can't help it. She absolutely hates you guys. She just <laughs> she's constantly screaming and grabbing the microphone <laughs> and making my life a living hell when I try to edit this. Welcome to hell, Tatro. Welcome to hell. <laughs> Fuck. Now release the other cat and we'll make this a the complete hell. Alright, so... I'm assuming there was an issue with the cats or something. At least both us and our neighbors hate our cats equally. <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> So, yeah, the the ending of this, it gets absolutely crazy in this greenhouse, and she's being chased by the killer, and the police oh. arrive and shoot the killer. They just shoot him. He's just dead. He just he falls dead. They unveil, and it's... In front of Lydia, they unveil her husband, the piano dude. Yeah, Marco. 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 Now, here's my theory 
about now that I know that Marco was the killer, the piano guy was the killer. She wasn't enticing him. She probably was practicing for something and he said, you know what would be cool is if you did the dance and you centrally in the music, you let the music be like centrally take you. So he was letting his sex maniac mind be thrilled as well as do this piano playing for her performance. That's what I think. Like now going back to it, he was seducing, he was seducing women that needed him because you didn't have a radio who could just click and play music. Like you needed a piano player, you needed an orchestra for ballet. So it makes, excuse me, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just burped. <laughs> that was gross. Um, so it makes sense that he was killing young ballerinas because he would get to know them and start you know friendships with them because he was their piano player he would be the one that would be oh, okay i'm gonna come with you while you're at rehearsals we'll play piano you know and then he knew where they lived and he would you know fuck them and kill them yeah and i don't know like i it, it was just kind of a flat ending for me like it just didn't it didn't wrap anything up enough like you just hit. there was no emotion on lydia she was like oh it was my husband. Oh darn! It's like, oh, I had I'll a. Find love again. I had a feeling something was wrong something with him. Something was off because at one point there's a sex scene where they try to get all you know. Blah, blah, blah. This is very early into the movie. Very early, and and she, she talks to somebody and was like, oh well, Marco's impotent, like he can't get it up for her, and he was like, great, tell everybody, that's wonderful, and then. At the end, she was like, oh, so anybody he slept with, he would kill, but he wouldn't sleep with me because of whatever was going on in his mind. He didn't want to end up killing me. That was a very kind of like complex, like plot device in there. And I wish like that would have been played up more. Like, let's get to know him more. But that's not the point of a Giallo 70s movie. I mean, some giallos have more co complex plots to them, but, like, this one just, it just wasn't fleshed out enough, in mm. my opinion. Uh, closing questions? Are we about there, or do you have any other thoughts? I have no other thoughts. None. All right. Overall thoughts on the film? I didn't like it. This was boring. I'm glad we have a cool Giallo movie in the, the archive, if you will, but this this not the one of the worst ones we've seen on here, in my opinion, but definitely, like, I, there was no interest in this one. None. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this... I enjoyed elements of it for what they were. Like, as a big fan of Giallo films, I I was able to have some fun with this one at, at times, but there wasn't enough of the things that I really like mm. that Giallo usually does. Um, this one was pretty cookie-cutter. It followed most other ones, like, to a T. Um, the plot just wasn't well-developed enough. The characters weren't enjoyable enough. Yeah. And... It fell flat, ultimately. Uh, did you have any favorites? 
I gotta go pee pee. <laughs> I gotta go pee pee, Sean. Bathroom's over there. Toodaloo! <laughs> That's it. That, that. No favorite scenes, nothing stood out, no real lines stood out. It was very, like you said, cookie cutter. Like, even though there was a lot of sex and a lot of nudity, and there wasn't any gore, there wasn't any blood, there wasn't any there was weird, also... weird twists or exciting things that I wanted from a giallo film. It was also boring nudity. Like, it wasn't... We're not saying tits aren't exciting, but... I saw better nudity in, in, I don't know, fucking Bram Stoker. Dracula. True. Yeah. Uh, does it work? No. It does not. This, they, they should have taken a look at this script one more time and maybe rewrited it. Rewrote, rewritten. There should have been reworks to this. Revised. Revised. Use that word every day at work. Never remember to use it in real life. Um, I have to agree. I, I don't really think this one works as well as it should. Um, in some elements it does. If you're looking for just a very standard Giallo film, I guess it could work. But I don't... Uh, there's better out there that yeah. you should be watching. Would you recommend it? No. No. I mean, if you stumble upon it, or if you listen to this podcast and you want to watch it, go ahead. Um, I wouldn't recommend this. I don't. I don't know who I'd recommend this to. I would give the synopsis for this, and people would be like, "Yeah, I'm all set. I'm gonna watch something else." Yeah, I think I think I would only recommend this to diehard Giallo fans or like. Like, if you're somebody who's like, I gotta see every fucking horror movie, yeah, watch it. But don't go into this one expecting the best Italian film you've ever seen. Mm. Especially since it's not really an Italian film. It's like a Spanish... It's like Spain, Dutch, German. Italian. It's weird. How would you make this today? A lot of work. So much work. It would probably be a different story. I'd go in depth into Marco and figure out why he's like this. What is he doing? Figure out how he met Lydia. Like, Kitty and Alberto got involved because they just happened to be there. They were nobodies. Like, turn them into something completely different. Like, maybe just background characters and focus on Lydia and Marco and why he's like this. Yeah, I almost think, like, if I were to do this today, I think, first of all, I would strip down everything to, like, alright, these are the bare elements that, like, have to carry over. Mm. And then I would probably say make Lydia and Lydia the protagonist have her relationship with Marco be much more in depth I would definitely explore that more and I would also I would keep what the hell was the protagonist's name Kitty Kitty I don't know why I couldn't remember that but I would keep her but I would make her working for Lydia as her photographer yeah like a crime scene photographer 
Yeah, like, well, she's a reporter, so just uh, like, oh, she's she her go to. Parker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she would be her go to photographer, and that's how her character could be involved. I probably would lose Alberto, Alberto altogether. He just was kind of randomly and he was there. the one that really was the most emphasis on this like kitty was kind of almost a secondary yeah she like didn't matter yeah um but yeah those were th- the things that i would probably do mm. but i don't know ultimately this is this movie needs a lot of work a lot uh so is this mainstream exploitation or other Exploitation, because it's part of Giallo. Giallo is pretty much exploitation. But this is like almost now. It's almost just generic. So maybe back in the 70s this was exploitation, but I feel this is just run-of-the-mill, generic, coming home to, coming soon to video kind of movies. Alright, I for the most part agree. Um... I definitely this I would classify this as exploitation um, pure and simple it's most Jello films I think would fall under exploitation because they const they exploit nudity and violence mm. to a higher plane really um, I do think this one is somewhat tame to some of the stuff we've seen before but the level in which they exploit nudity for needless reasons, uh, I think mm. it's I think it's exploitation pure and simple. Do you have any other final thoughts on Death Carries a Cane, other than the fact that that is a really good title? I mean, that is a great title. Now knowing that the cane was a red herring, the cane meant nothing. It was more or less for Marco to push it onto possibly being somebody else. Um, I'm glad we have it. I'm always glad to have these older movies. I enjoy seeing cinematography and I enjoy seeing fashion and like beauty standards of like the 70s 60s and 50s it just to me it's like it's a it's another time it's another era kind of thing but it's gonna look nice on the shelf and never come back down (laughs) yeah uh, i don't see myself revisiting this not at least anytime soon um maybe in the distant future for some reason or another maybe if i have a girls night and we all want to get drunk and watch a really bad movie All right. Well, I think that brings the discussion on Death Carries a Cane to an end. So close. Um, but before we wrap up this episode, as always, we hope that you stay tuned for the coming attractions.
terror train. Everybody take off your mask. Oh my God! Stay with your date. I don't want to get back on that track. Nobody does. Help! Please. Nice gag. Help! You'll die. This temple, you'll die. the students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. They're always walking out of my parties, but this time, you can't. big college party. It's a joke. Goddamn practical joke. Train. I don't want to get back on that So next up, we go back into pure slasher territory. I saw a name that always makes me excited when you say slasher or horror. I saw Jamie Lee Curtis's name. I saw good old Jamie Lee. So my first introduction to this movie was not actually seeing the film. Okay. Um... My first introduction to this was in Scream. When you watch Scream uh, during the scene where they get towards the end of the film when they're at Stu's house for the party, um, Nev Campbell's sitting in the living room looking through a stack of tapes from the video store that Randy works at, and she goes, Terror Train prom night how come jamie lee curtis is in all of these movies and that i had never seen or heard of the movie before that so that was my first introduction to that's there's a movie out there called terror train and it stars jamie lee i gotta see it oh boy have you ever seen this movie yes yes um i actually first saw this I think I had owned the DVD at one point. Like, I went out and just bought it because I had never seen it. And that was when I had my original movie collection. Mm. Um, that, unfortunately, has been since sold off. But now... Now, I... I own the the Blu-ray copy from uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory. 
and uh, I've rewatched I rewatched it when I first bought this version, and I enjoy it. I think it's a it's a cool, fun slasher film. I hope I enjoy it. I usually I always look for I'm looking for a horror movie to disturb me, and you've showed me many. That you're like, oh, I don't think... Like, you showed me House of a Thousand Corpses. Which you said at the time, oh, this is a disturbing movie. I don't think you're going to like it. I loved it, and I laughed at times. Because horror to me is like... This is my take on horror. There is nothing you show me on film that could compare to the horrors of the world currently right now. Yeah, I, I can agree. And... I don't think this is going to be something that you're going to find disturbing. It's a generic 80s slasher film. Um, so if you can sit through Halloween, any of the Halloweens or any of the Friday the 13th, you're going to be fine with this. Mm. This one's a little bit different in one way or another than most that you'll find, but it's not it's not one of like Jamie Lee's best movies or anything like that. It's just another horror film from the 80s. Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, best movie she've ever done would be Halloween H2O. Uh, I don't know about that. Now he's trying to figure out if I'm kidding or not. Don't get me wrong. Halloween H2O is one of my favorite in the franchise. It's true lies. What? It's true lies. I love Jamie Lee Curtis in true lies. I'll give you that. She gives a good performance in True Life. Still hate Schwarzenegger. It is what it is. <laughs> you say that when you have nothing else to say. Um, but yes. So next up, we're doing Terror Train. Um, that is our big farewell to the video side of this podcast yep. for the time being, at the very least. Uh, we'll try to make it a good one for you guys. I'm going to have to lock my uh, phone up. <laughs> why? Because my phone is very distracting lately. I don't know why it is, but it just is. Alright, but uh, that brings this episode to an end. Um, for more recommendations on movies or anything that you should check out. Uh, if you want to see our movie collection. Um, if you want to see some fun behind the scenes or chat with us recommend us some movies check us out follow us on facebook and instagram at grindhouse podcast we're on twitter at grind grindhouse cast i've said this ten thousand times i still can't get it right um you can find us on discord um where you can chat with leah she runs that whole side of things and um <laughs> you can probably have some really fun conversations with her over there um all the insane <laughs> I am crazy when it comes to conversations. All the links to everything are down in the show notes. Um, listen to us. If you like, rate us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, if you want to see our this episode, our next episode, or any of our previous episodes with video then you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, unfortunately, that side of things is going away. Uh, 
If you like what we're doing and you want to show us some support, you can find all the information for that down below. We do have a Patreon. Um, any donations are always accepted and appreciated. But until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thank you for listening and keep watching. Peace! Definitely not recommended for the squeamish.